Hi, and welcome to Magic Readings from the Bible, a podcast. This is the first episode where we'll be reading from readings that will be read on May 10th, 2020, according to the catholic.org daily readings. And I guess the point of all this is to try and make these things understandable and detached from the mystification of what the Catholic homilies have tried to teach us and um, looked at through a new lens that can maybe help people find meaning in it, or at least I'm hoping to find meaning in it as I go through and do this. one through seven the choosing of the seven in those days when the number of disciples was increasing what is those days okay the Hellenistic Jews who are Jews that had been adopted to Greek language and culture among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food I feel like we could delete this whole first. This could just be Acts 6, 2 to 7. Let's just start here. Okay, so the twelve gathered all the disciples and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, they got to rewrite this. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you who are known to be full of spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So weird. Okay. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a number of priests became obedient to the faith. Okay, that's it. Um, just a little recap for my own understanding here, I guess. Okay, so they... century and uh, a convert an outsider okay and then those those seven people spread spread the word I guess uh, you know throughout uh, 
Hellenistic Jews. All right. Well, that's uh, that's number one. Number two. Oh, the Psalm. 33, 1 to 2, 33, 4 to 5, and 33, 18 to 19. Okay, let's see here. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. <laughs> this is such a funny line. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye O righteous. So if you're if you're if you're doing good, rejoice in the Lord. Because praise is comely for the upright. Like it looks good on the righteous when they also praise. In other words, do more. You're not doing enough. Just appreciating and trying to be better. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing in unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. So you need three people, a harp, a psaltery, and this ten, some kind of ten-stringed instrument. It doesn't specify. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. I imagine that part's sung. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of goodness of the Lord. So the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. So that's just some praise they're praising now. He loveth righteousness and judgment. Yeah, he he likes it when everyone does good. The earth is full of goodness of the Lord and it shows when we all do it. Yeah. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death, and to keep them alive in famine. This part, uh, I don't know. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. So God is watching regardless of if you fear him or he's also upon them that hope in his mercy. So he's there regardless. You can't avoid it. To deliver their soul from death. Deliver from death. So keep alive and keep alive in famine. Okay. Yeah. So so some godlike figure is keeping us alive here. I guess that's probably just the the goo of life, in other words, that we all share, the God carbon and thing inside of us. And that is the Lord in this sense, I think. Okay, let's take a short break. up a few times and, and 
kneeled a few times and sat down for a while by now and heard some music and whatnot. Okay, so this next one is second. We're going to do the second reading. We used to, we used to not sometimes, but today we're going to get into it. Okay, so First Peter, number two, four to nine. living stone and a chosen people. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Or in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the ones who trust in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone is and the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes people fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called out, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is a really nice passage, I think, about the power of a positive community that is moving in a positive direction. I think this is about just optimism of belief in ourselves because we are connected to something that we can't see and we, we believe in the power of ourselves and our, our ability to, to build nothing upon blind faith but humanity. metaphor, the living stone and a chosen people. The people are helping make up the living stone of the community. So nice. Okay. Well, we have a few minutes before the gospel. So maybe just sit there and think of what it's like to be in church for a little while, and you are sitting in the pew, which is pretty uncomfortable at this point, and you can see a few other people around you that you usually see, and imagine those people in their bedroom or their living room right now, closing their eyes with their family and listening to this with you, and 
you know, we're all still here and we're all just able to imagine in our heads for a moment one big community. Just here we are. We're all right here. The Gospel According to John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 12, Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Okay, I'm going to pause here, just recapping this first part. The first four verses are what he's saying here is there are versions of life after death. Jesus is just one of them. Um, and God is the Father is another one of them. It's like a scoby or something for or a sourdough starter, you know. Going back to the Father is uh, sort of sort of like talking about going back home the way Bob Dylan talks about it, you know. It's the collection of life where our selves go after this is all over. And Jesus is saying... If you believe that I'm here showing you life, then you should believe that there is more life at home where I come from, just like where you've come from. So that's the, that's the place where he's going. Eventually, he needs to go back, because we all do. But let's see if the disciples get that. Jesus, the way to the Father. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he's saying, you have to live before you can go back. It's part of it. It's part of the cycle. Okay. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. Put some skin on it, you know. 
that's what Jesus said. So he's going to say, okay. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Jesus is leveling with them for sure. Thomas and Philip, you know, they, uh, they don't understand it yet. Hmm. There's not much benefit of really understanding it or not, I guess. It's okay that they don't yet. But it'll be there for them when they're ready for it. Just like that's what this whole thing is. Jesus says, He's going and preparing a place for you. You know the way to the place where I'm going. He's leaving all these little reminders and telling people how to live. And that in itself is preparing a place for his body to to be left behind. And for him to reconnect with the Father, to go home. It's funny how much contrast there is in all of these readings today. It's sort of, it's sort of, people and play music with them and then 
be even better. And enjoy life while you can do that. Because when you do, you'll create a little community and that will be precious. And you'll have a place in it. And it doesn't matter what that community looks like. Because you just need to enjoy it. And then eventually we'll go home.